Live from Studio 31 inside City National Arena, this is a nighttime at noon. It's Christmas Eve in the hockey world. Uh, looking forward to the opening night, uh, which is going to be historic on uh, multiple uh, different levels, uh, both with the debut of the Seattle Kraken, a uh, new broadcast deal on the national rights uh, side of things uh, in American television. And uh, Ashley Weiss will uh, be able to watch uh, her first game as a member of the Vegas Golden Knights organization as yeah. we present uh, uh, opening night and looking forward to it. And all kinds of things uh, to talk about today. Darren Millard, along with uh, the aforementioned Ashley Weiss. Uh, let's get uh, some news out of the way uh, right off the bat. And then we'll get into your thoughts and, uh, and the excitement on, on opening night. But uh, uh, we just watched practice and a couple of players uh, aren't out there. Uh, one being Matthias Janmark. Yes, the team just tweeted out that he was not part of today's practice because of the NHL's COVID-19 protocol. Now, that's all the details we have. Don't want to speculate. Certainly something you don't want to see. We want to be past yes. all of this. We've been talking about how excited we are for a regular season. But yes, in some ways, it does start to feel like Peyton Krebs is just destined to make this opening night roster, though, doesn't it? Uh, so Yanmark in uh, COVID protocol, that brings into questions uh, his availability on opening night. And uh, we know Patrick Brown is also not going to be playing for the Vegas Golden Knights because he now belongs to the Philadelphia Flyers, claimed off waivers. As teams uh, pare down the rosters, getting down to the 23-man uh, limit and being cap compliant and all that kind of stuff. So uh, there's different people. Three players were actually claimed off waivers. Uh, in the most recent passage, uh, the Seattle Kraken picking up a player, uh, Montreal Canadiens as well. Uh, Darren Millard along with Ashley Bites. This is nighttime at noon. The lines today. So uh, really interesting practice uh, because almost uh, of who wasn't out there as uh, opposed to who was out there. But to, can you run through uh, exactly what Pete DeBoer was uh, putting his uh, troops uh, through? Yep. So the top line you expect of Pacioretty, Stone, Stevenson, Stevenson Stone, I should say. Uh, interesting, Jonathan Marcheseau wasn't out there. Unsure why. So Keegan Colasar was on that second line with William Carlson and Riley Smith. Third line looked to be uh, Krebs, Patrick, and Dodonov. So that's how that shook out. Uh, defensive pairs, Martinez, Petrangelo, McNabb, Shea Theodore was on the ice. First time we've seen him in a while. First time we've seen him since that first preseason game whenever he left the game early and we didn't see him skating with the team through the rest of preseason. So that is something Golden Knights fans should be very, very excited about. Um, Nick Haig and Coughlin together. However, that does mean that Zach Whitecloud also not on the ice. We saw him look like he was in some pain um, at the end of that game on, gosh, I don't even know what day it is. Was that on Saturday? <laughs> um, so... Who am I missing here that was not on the ice? Uh, so we White Cloud's not out there. Carrier's not out there. Uh, Nick Waugh is not out there. Yanmark was not out there. Um, so there's – and uh, Jonathan Marshall was not out there. So uh, a handful of players, uh, veteran players, but that does loop us back around to the Peyton Krebs opportunity. He played six of the seven preseason games. He did, and, you know, good on Pete DeBoer for letting him get settled because once he was settled, it certainly paid off in a big way. Um, I think people are excited to see what he's going to do. You saw him play with almost everyone in the lineup, which is something <laughs> that fans should be excited about. That's a reason to feel comfortable about it, right? Like, yeah. whose place does he take? Does it matter? I don't know. Mm -hmm. So that's something that will be interesting to see for sure. Uh, what at all did you like from him exactly? Uh, I appreciated that uh, that he was not 
totally comfortable at the start in the sense that he was trying to do too much and was going beyond, but he settled in. And the middle of camp was probably his best. And then rosters kind of got jumbled around a little bit near the end. But I, I really liked uh, his progress. And it doesn't always go linear, as we know, uh, in professional sports. But that middle of the, of the preseason where he really found his footing and being jostling around and played more than anybody, uh, I was impressed with his, his poise and the opportunity that he took advantage of during the preseason. And there's pressure on him to be able to do that. And he came up and, and produced the big game that everybody was waiting for. Uh, to, to expect multiple points every every preseason game uh, is is just not fair for anybody during the National Hockey League preseason. And he was able to, to be able to deliver a big game and then earn the opportunity to go back out there with, with Pete DeBoer and company. I like how he handles the pressure too because I interviewed him second intermission of his stellar game in Colorado, and I asked him, you know, how's it feeling to you? Like, what has you rolling right now? And he said, I'm just trying to show what I can do and do it with a smile. That's mm -hmm. what he said. And anytime you talk to him, he is smiling. He is the most genuine, nice young man. And it's good to see someone with a good attitude like that get that success. It's clear that he's just a sponge out there. He wants to learn from all these other guys. He talked to me a little bit about the summer he spent uh, with Max Pacioretty mm -hmm. and the different things he learned and, you know, took from him. Um, yeah, it's good to see him succeed. I don't do this as well as uh, others, uh, one being uh, Ryan Wallace on the VGK Insider Show. I'm talking about multitasking. So Ryan's really great at it uh, when he's uh, watching Twitter and taking everything in. So as we broadcast today from Studio 31 on Nighttime at Noon, Darren Millard and Ashley Vice, uh, I'm not ignoring you. I am paying attention to you, but I'm trying to uh, keep up to date with what's going to come down from the, the Pete DeBoer uh, post-practice uh, uh, press conference, a final opportunity uh, before all the rosters go in and we... Uh, we get a real heads up uh, as to what the Vegas Golden Knights are going to uh, put forward as far as a roster. Pavel Dorofiev was also on the ice today. He was the only player in the yellow jersey. Uh, when there's one player and one player only in a different colored sweater, usually that's like a non-contact uh, jersey or something. No, he was just the only guy from, like skating on the fourth line. And everybody else uh, jumped in because of uh, the absence of uh, Carrier and Juan and Yanmark and so forth. But Dorofiev, uh, because of all these uh, absences, might be a player that uh, that could get an opportunity uh, to make his VGK debut. He's a Russian. Uh, he all When he came over last year, all he did was score. It's uh, When you look at the stats, you go, he should almost have more than that because every time you see him, uh, he puts the puck in the net. So uh, along with Krebs, Dorofiev could be looking at an opportunity. Yeah, and it's always cool to see the unexpected opportunities come yeah. up, right? That's always fun. It seems like those are the guys who come in and really capitalize. They have a, a hat trick in game one or something insane yeah. like that. So that'll be interesting to see for sure. Definitely interested to see what Pete DeBoer says today, though, before we get ahead of ourselves. And then, of course, see what morning skate looks like tomorrow at 1030. Uh, I will call it. If Dorofiev plays tomorrow night, he will contribute contribute yeah i'm going to, somewhere or another I'm on going the point to, sheet uh, point sheet uh, okay. he he will do that and when he does you'll you'll nod up to uh to the press box and yes. you'll say he, he was right on you heard that. it here first uh you, you're looking forward to like what's where's your mind and uh body at right now after the whirlwind of getting to vegas and doing the preseason games and 
and now finally be on the eve of opening night. I'm just excited to get going. Preseason was so much fun for me. Seeing mm -hmm. the atmosphere at T-Mobile, uh, not to slap any other organizations, but whenever we went to San Jose, there was a very clear difference of what makes Vegas and T-Mobile so special. Just the energy in the preseason. I cannot wait to see how that will elevate on opening night. I have been at T-Mobile Arena before mm -hmm. for home games. However, never a game like this. So I'm so excited to see that. I'm also just excited to cover preseason was fun to cover. I was so grateful to be able to get here, to be able to get to know you guys, to be able to get to know some of the players, understand uh, the key players that maybe aren't just the top six that you hear about all the time here. I really enjoyed digging deeper and learning about the team, but preseason is preseason, right? I'm excited to cover this team whenever more is at stake. Uh, we, uh, we're happy and uh, you fit in seamlessly. So that's, uh, that's outstanding. And we can't wait to, to get opening uh, up our schedule on Thursday night on the television side. Uh, tomorrow night, uh, Fox Sports Las Vegas has the broadcast, Dan Duva and Gary Lawless uh, with the call there. Ryan Wallace handling the pregame show. Uh, the faceoff is just uh, past uh, 7 o'clock, cl almost closer to 7.30 because of national television. ESPN has the first two games of the season. Uh, Pittsburgh and Tampa Bay banner raising ceremony there. And then uh, Vegas against the Seattle Kraken. News on the Seattle Kraken today with uh, the naming of Mark Giordano as the first ever captain of that organization. So a little different philosophy uh, where Vegas went uh, multiple years without a captain and let the or leadership group uh, evolve. Uh, Dave Haxtell and company going with Mark Giordano right out of the gate, former captain of the Calgary Flames. Yeah, certainly deserving. It is a different philosophy. It's not to say it's wrong, but like you said, he's been an NHL captain before. Uh, he leads by example. He's one of the best defensemen in the National Hockey League. So if, you know, the shoe fits during preseason, why not do it? He's mm -hmm. certainly... I guess you could argue Philip Grubauer, but the biggest name that ended up with the Seattle Kraken, perhaps, probably going to be the face of the franchise. So it makes sense. I like it. Uh, first time... Seattle's going to play a game ever uh, is tomorrow night. And we went through that. Uh, the Las Vegas fans went through that uh, just a few years ago. And now it's old hat in the fact that uh, you're, you're starting year number five and the Stanley Cup aspirations are there. Uh, coming off a three and four preseason, how do you evaluate what happened during the exhibition schedule? With Seattle. With, with uh, sorry, the Vegas Golden Knights. So with, oh. with, with what they did during the, the preseason, uh, Lost a couple early, then put the cup, uh, put together a couple of wins, and then finished with the with the losses. You know, I think that regardless of the three and four record, Vegas saw everything that they needed to see in the preseason. I certainly don't think it is alarming. Robin Leonard looked comfortable in net. That's all you can ask for a mm -hmm. goaltender. I think he would like to take a few goals back from that San Jose game. But he also said, you know, I came up with big saves. Really, what you want to do is know that you can come up with the big ones because uh, yeah. you know that whenever the pressure's on, uh, he's going to step up more than that. He's also probably going to have some better um, defensive work in front of him whenever the games mean a little bit more so he can rely on that. Pete DeBoer was able to give young guys not just a look, but give them quality looks playing with, you know, some of the best guys you saw, um, Caden Korzak playing with Alec Martinez. What yeah. an opportunity for him. The game before that, Peter Delibertori playing with Alex Petrangelo. Peyton Krebs played on the Carlson line at times. So guys got really good looks to where the coaching staff really knows how and where they would fit into an NHL game, not just if they can fit in to an NHL game. So they got that out of it for sure. Uh, you also, there wasn't a game 
where it truly felt like a full lineup with the line combinations mm. that you would expect, right? Yep. That's another reason that I'm not too concerned about necessarily the results. So I feel like all in all, you know, they got what they needed out of the preseason. What do you think? Uh, I thought that uh, it was a great example of using the preseason for what it's uh, meant to be, and that's looking at the entire organization. And like, this is such a veteran group. It's such an odd training camp where there were so few jobs available that uh, sometimes motivation, sometimes uh, really gearing into to trying to win a game is just not going to be there. Uh, in a preseason game, but the um, ancillary part of it uh, in prospects and and players earning a second look. Of, think of Paul Cotter yep. with his great game, getting another look. Jake Lasician uh, playing a good game, getting another look. Uh, Peyton Krebs uh, throughout the lineup. Uh, uh, Daniel Miramanov, uh, his his progress. So there is there is little snippets of of great organizational uh, exposure along with just going through and making sure that you're ready. Uh, I could do without the, the absences today, uh, and that's the biggest fear of playing a bunch of preseason games is the injury bug. But there may be some bright spots on the horizon. Uh, Pete DeBoer is speaking to the media right now. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll give you the latest on what Pete DeBoer uh, has regarding availabilities for opening night of the VGK season number five as we continue nighttime at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Uh, and we want to tell you all about uh, your opportunity to be the first to join the Vegas Nighthawks family. Secure your seat selection priority today by placing a refundable $20 deposit at nighthawksfootball.com. Full season membership will start at just $10 per ticket per game at the brand new Dollar Loan Center located in Henderson. So a lot happening on the uh, uh, Foley Entertainment Group uh, front with the Vegas Nighthawks. And of course, opening night tomorrow for the Vegas Golden Knights. And later this week, the Henderson Silver Knights uh, launch its second season. Now, Pete DeBoer's comments regarding his roster. You don't want to miss uh, the update on that as we continue. Nighttime at noon, live on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
Darren Millard, Ashley Vice at Studio 31 uh, with Nighttime at Noon on a very uh, anticipated uh, program, a very anticipated and fo much followed practice today for the Vegas Golden Knights uh, inside City National Arena. Looking forward to this one. And there is uh, some news out there regarding some absences, but also Mark Stone was on the ice today. Shea Theodore's on the ice today. Uh, those are great returns. But as far as the absences, uh, Carrie Waugh, Howden, Zach Whitecloud, Jonathan Marcheseau, uh, Pete DeBoer has just uh, met with the media, Ashley, and he had some updates. He did. So I'll start with uh, the fourth line guys who were not out there. William Carrier is in concussion protocol. You never know how long that will last. Going to call that day to day for now, as far as I know. Uh, Nicholas Wall will be out, though. So he has been out. Looks like he will continue to be out. Don't have a timeline on that, but he is out, as is Brett Howden, which is unfortunate for him because this was going to be a great change of scenery for a young guy to see what he can do. Uh, so hopefully he's able to get back. He only got a couple of preseason games in. Um, Zach Whitecloud is expected to be ready to go for tomorrow. So that's great news, as well as Jonathan Marcheseau. He is fine, is what we have been told. So that is a big weight off the shoulder. So, um, you know, some good, some not great, but that's where we're sitting right now. So Carrier, correct me if I'm wrong, he was injured in the Salt Lake City game. Uh, I believe was it was Colorado. Colorado game. Escape okay. to the face. See, that, I, I don't that's wanna, why I said correct me if I'm wrong. I hope I'm right. They're all blending together. And Nick Waugh was the Salt Lake City game. Yes, uh, I believe that was a Salt Lake City and game. And so he, uh, he left uh, late in the game on that one. But, yeah, Carrier took the uh, skate to the face. Um, just, man. Uh, thankfully, it didn't uh, affect the, the vision at all. But as far as Marcheseau being out today, uh, not on the ice, it was Keegan Colasar who skated with William Carlson and Riley Smith. Colasar played all over the lineup in the preseason, too. We mentioned that about Peyton Krebs getting a look with almost every player in camp. But Colasar was virtually on every line at some point. He was, and I think that's maybe something that we're going to see whenever the season starts, that he's not just a fourth-line guy. Don't We saw a fight from him. Yeah. He, just because he moves up the roster doesn't mean he's not going to drop the gloves if it's the right time to do so. But, yeah, I think we're going to see him play all over. And an incredible camp for him. The coaches said he looked confident. He looked comfortable. Uh, Steve Spott said he looked faster. I don't know if Pete DeBoer thought he looked faster or not, but Pete, uh, Steve Spott did say he looked faster. Uh, he also talked about how he's just more comfortable shooting. So hopefully we do see more production from him as well. And uh, Shea Theodore on the back end. Uh, we haven't seen him since the the first preseason game. Uh, Mark Stone didn't play in the last preseason game, uh, so that's good that he was out there uh, today uh, taking the normal reps. So the, the veteran presence on that regard, some question marks coming into practice. Uh, some of this was just followed from uh, what happened over the course of the weekend. But uh, we were wondering whether Stone would be out there today. He was. We hadn't seen Shea Theodore for a few days. That's in incredibly encouraging uh, to go out there. Uh, so uh, positive on that. And without White Cloud out there, Nick Hag had a different uh, defensive partner yeah. uh, today. Coughlin. And that's someone that is going to come in and out of the lineup, right? I mean, he would like to be the sixth defenseman. Whenever I say he's going to come in and out, who knows? Maybe not. Maybe he's in. Uh, you never know. But he had a he had a strong camp as well. And this was a big camp for him to prove himself. But from this point forward, kind of every time he's going to be in the lineup is going to be a big opportunity for him, right? Pete DeBoer said on a lot of teams he would be a regular. Uh, and that just goes to speak to this team's defensive depth. See how much more we can get uh, regarding opening night 
when Nick Haig, who is scheduled to join us in a couple of minutes, uh, stops by the program and Studio 31. And uh, that's one of the great uh, advantages of being here in the building at uh, City National Arena and Studio 31 is uh, we can have the players just uh, pop on with us and discuss uh, opening night. And uh, I can't wait to get his reactions to after everything that he's been through to be not only a prospect uh and the potential to play on opening night to be but to be a big part of this lineup and now playing on opening night yeah it's the whole dynamic changes once you have a season under your belt as regular mm -hmm. nhler right your camp changes because you come in confident uh you're able to perform better in camp because you're comfortable was it keegan colasar that made the quote that you and I talked yeah. about he said I'm not as worried about not messing up you know you can kind of relax a little bit uh, but the whole game kind of changes Zach Whitecloud's kind of the same way the two of them kind of came in and made that big leap together so it'll be exciting to watch them as a pair uh, if Zach Whitecloud is in tomorrow like he's supposed to be uh, flipping a switch is something that uh, we talk about in professional sports and being able to do that and that comes with the with the good teams that are trying to get through the lead up to a season or a playoff. And then when, when something's on the line, you go. I think this team falls under that umbrella right now of being able to just, uh, having got their reps in during the preseason, be able to flip the switch and be that dominant team that we expect. Yeah, I think if this was a team that had dropped the ball many times previously, then I would understand where people are coming from of, oh, I don't know if they can do it, but you're talking about a team that's made it to the third round three of the first four years of their existence. Now, I know that that's not enough for them or for the fans. They want to win a cup, right? But you can't say too much about how they are as pros, and you can't say too much about the leadership or the veteran presence whenever you've had that success so early on. I know last season didn't end the way that they wanted it to, but you make it to the conference final or round three or whatever it is yeah. they were calling it in that weird COVID divisional situation. But I don't see it being a problem until they show us that it's a problem. And so far this team from its inaugural season has not done that. I find it difficult to uh, put any real stock in the results uh, of this team's preseason. There's, there's some around the league where you're fighting for jobs and you're fighting for uh, your place in the lineup and respectability and uh, the opportunity to be able to push the envelope. LA Kings are a great example of that. There are a lot of youth into that lineup and trying to rise up through the roster and uh, you want to be able to perform at the top level every night. This was truly just getting some reps in and with all like credibility towards the the preseason and going through that uh that journey uh it, the the real stuff does start tomorrow night it does something else you kind of touched on it with the results and with a team like la where they have a lot to be playing for right now right mm -hmm. so does san jose so does arizona there's right. six of the seven games or five of the seven games uh that the golden knights played so it makes sense that those teams were a little bit more hungry if you should say where yeah, the Golden absolutely. Knights did look a little bit like they were just trying to get their legs under them, but it does start tonight. I also think tomorrow is going to be huge simply from the fact that everyone wants to compare the Seattle Kraken to the Vegas Golden Knights. Will they do that? I think it would mean a lot uh, whether the players say it. I know the players are going to say it's just another game. That's what they have to say. That's honestly what they have to think and convince themselves going into it, but there's only one Vegas Golden Knights, right? You don't want... Right, and I, I can't, actually can't wait. You brought up the cliche. I, I can't wait to hear the cliche game one of 82. 
yep. that we get to play 82 games. So that, that normally, uh, it's like one in 18, you know, we're hearing that again. But that uh, on, on its own is great. I, with all, Seattle's not going to do what Vegas did. Not a trip to the Stanley Cup final. That's, that's a once-in-a-lifetime uh, type of performance. But I'm not even of the belief that this is a team that's going to make the postseason. It's hard to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. And no expansion team's ever done it uh, outside of 67 uh, when they doubled the league and played an all-expansion division. St. And, Louis Blues, I believe. And, yeah, St. Louis Blues went to the Stanley Cup final the, the first three years. But that was one-off. They were, their teams were going to make the playoffs because they were in, in an expansion division. And then the Vegas Golden Knights uh, four years ago. So it's to just automatically, and it's about even money, whether Seattle is going to make the playoffs or not. I, that's high to me, e even even money. Yeah, it is. It's like you said, it's harder to make the playoffs than people give it credit for. Yeah. After seeing what the Golden Knights totally. did in year one. One thing that they have going for them a little bit is what is L.A. going to do? What is San Jose right. going to do? What is Arizona going to do? When you look at the, you know, the other teams who also might struggle to make the playoffs. I think that's the only thing that might give Seattle a little bit of an edge, uh, but it's difficult. And then once you get in the playoffs, it's a new ball game, right? So I don't know. We'll see. They have some weapons. Don't get me wrong. They have some weapons. Uh, they have a strong goaltender. Do you think they're a playoff team? My gut says no. Yeah. My gut says no. I'm not quite uh, uh, sure of that. And I'm, I'm, I'm in the minority here. Uh, and it's not just trying to be a contrarian. I just think history's taught us a lot about the the, the abilities of expansion teams to to make the playoffs. And uh, just because one does it doesn't mean it's going to follow through. And they, I'll I'll take the the twelve other franchises that have come in after the league doubled uh, and and take their track record compared to. Here's uh, another thing I've thought about that as well. I think some people think that these Seattle Kraken, Seattle Kraken players are going to come in with that same misfit mentality of, oh, mm -hmm. nobody wanted me. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that because whenever Vegas had their expansion draft, there hadn't been an expansion draft in how long? Upwards of 15 years, yeah. I want to say. This is not new to these Seattle players. They, no. they witnessed people in an expansion draft a couple years ago. I don't feel like it was quite as much of a – um, punch in the gut if you were selected in the expansion draft in your current they team. They saw the opportunity, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's something else. I don't necessarily expect these Kraken players to have that same chip on their shoulder that the Vegas Golden Knights did in year one. Big night uh, for the Foley Entertainment Group, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. A big week with the Henderson Silver Knights also launching their first uh, season opener with people in the building over the Orleans. So it's huge. And Bill and Carol Foley uh, created the Foley Food and Wine Society to celebrate three of their greatest passions, world-class wines, exceptional cuisine, and outstanding travel destinations. As a member of the society, you will have access to an entire portfolio of properties around the globe. That's worldwide, in case you're wondering. The Foley Food and Wine Society offers an exclusive opportunity to join like-minded individuals who seek to experience the finer things in life. Join for free today by visiting foleyfoodandwinesociety.com. Looking to catch up with Nick Hag. Uh, talk about uh, opening night tomorrow against the Seattle Kraken as we continue live from Studio 31, City National Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas.
How about this one? Uh, check it out. This spectacular Hotel Californian in Santa Barbara, California, is the newest exciting addition to the Foley Entertainment Group. Experience an extraordinary stay in one of 122 luxury guest rooms and suites. Taste the region's finest wines at Foley Food and Wine Society's Tasting Room and treat yourself to unparalleled massages at Mejeral, the Moroccan-inspired spa, all in the heart of the American Riviera. Designed for domestic and international guests alike, Hotel California is the perfect destination for any traveler seeking a one-of-a-kind luxury experience. Hotel California. In Santa Barbara's premier urban destination, visit HotelCalifornian.com to book your stay today. HotelCalifornian.com. And, uh, yeah, Sounds what nice. a, an awesome uh, opportunity if you want to really treat yourself. Uh, check that out. The Vegas Golden Knights uh, hoping to treat everybody tomorrow night. In game one of this 2021-2022 National Hockey League season, this is nighttime at noon. We'll be here every Monday yes. uh, at uh, noon to uh, bring you the very latest on the Vegas Golden Knights. And then, of course, the VGK Insider Show runs uh, 4 to 6 with Ryan Wallace and Chris Chapman. Uh, some news coming out, and Nick Hag's going to stop by in just a little bit to uh, talk about uh, what he's expecting tomorrow night, uh, the experience of the season facing the Seattle Kraken. There's a lot to get to with Nick Hegg. Uh, we hear that uh, his defensive partner, Zach Whitecloud, is going to be okay to play. So uh, we'll find out whether he was, he was nervous at all uh, about that because Whitecloud didn't practice today. But some uh, league news to uh, talk about here. And Ashley, one of the uh, big stories is just availability. And not just the Vegas Golden Knights. So we ran through Jonathan Marshall, so wasn't out there today. Yan Marks and COVID protocol. Uh, Nick Waugh and Will Carey are not expected to play. And Sidney Crosby's not going to play an opening night. That's just reality for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Jake Gensel's also out. Yeah, that's – you missed your top two guys. What do you do yeah. with that? Yeah. You know, Malkin's BGK out, yeah. fans think that they're in the, you know, a bad spot. You're not. There's, You know, that's the good thing about yeah. this team. It's so deep, right, um, that there's a lot less concern if someone goes out. Like you mentioned earlier, thank goodness Mark Stone – uh, the VGK captain uh, will be here, unlike the captain of the Pittsburgh Penguins. But you mentioned Austin Matthews as well. He's not going to play for the first three games. Uh, he had the procedure uh, done on the wrist, so he's not going to be available for the first three games. They were really hoping that he would be able to slide in there. But when you're missing the first three, it's, it wasn't even really close in the end. Yeah, and Talk about a team with some pressure. Yes. Well, and Kyle Dubas has put some of that on himself, and I – think it's a strategy here to try and take away from Sheldon Keefe and company, but he, he's really uh, laid it on about his job and his potential uh, to be uh, on the hot seat this year. So I think it's a, an interesting strategy there. Uh, like John Cooper went through this uh, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. They reached the Stanley Cup final, then didn't make the playoffs. Uh, and they stuck with it. And if there's ever a lesson to be learned uh, about that, and it doesn't always work that way. Some teams have made changes and really responded to that. But uh, John Cooper gets a, a three-year contract extension. He, he's already the longest-serving coach. He's got back-to-back -back Stanley Cups going for the first three-peat inside a, a salary cap era. He, he, he's you know, Team Canada's Olympic coach. He's become like the it thing in the National Hockey League when it's going to be a head coach. Pete DeBoer is going to work with him at the Olympics. Yeah, surprise, surprise that he gets extended, yeah, yeah. right? A couple back-to-back uh, -back cups will do that. Uh, it has been incredible to see what he's done with the organization, though. And like you said, it's a testament to what happens if you stay patient and if management sticks with it. You know, let's a coach get a group. Let's a coach figure it out. Uh, let's a coach build the system 
that he wants to build in that way. Uh, chatted with Rick Tockett, who's going to be part of the Turner broadcast on Wednesday. Chatted with him on the uh, Chirp uh, podcast today that'll be released later on this week. He said uh, maybe, and I'll paraphrase here with uh, Rick, who's probably listening because he lives in Las Vegas. Uh, he, he was at the big fight the other night. Uh, Rick said one of the biggest challenges for Tampa Bay will be uh, just like you, you chase that carrot. You chase that carrot. That's the ultimate motivation and coach gives you ice time or doesn't but it's all about selling everybody on the opportunity to win well they've won back to back now how do you continue that fire and continue to to stoke those embers has the team ever won three in a row since not the since the expansion? islanders okay new york islanders uh were the last team to do it in the early 80s early 80s yes. is the last time so really what you chase i know pittsburgh was after it yep just a few years ago what you chase is just wanting to be the person that does yeah, a three to right? finally do it. It's so like that's a, where the hunger comes in. That's where I think the inspiration comes. However, that doesn't. That might not kick in. That the hunger for that might not kick in until the postseason starts. You know, you have to get there first. So it's going to be interesting to see is where their hunger is uh, at the beginning of the season. Like you said, game one of eighty-two. Because you can say, oh, it's only game one. Oh, it's only game two. Oh, it's only game three. But you can't have too big of a lull to start a season because it bites you. I'm telling you, you warm my heart when you say that uh, game one of 82. There's there's a, a handful of teams. I put Vegas in, in the mix with an, an Edmonton, with a Toronto, with a Tampa Bay, where you are going to be judged on your postseason performance. Where the, the regular season comes into play is establishing your your game, your dominance, your division title, what have you, top seed, uh, and, and setting the table, intimidation, all that kind of stuff. And if you have a great regular season, there's an intimidation factor there. But uh, I, do you agree with that? That the, the, there's the, this handful of teams that uh, want, you first have to earn your playoff spot, but boy, uh, whether, whether you finish first or fourth, you're judged on postseason toronto hasn't won around in a long time connor mcdavid has to have success vegas has reached the the third round the last couple of years but they want to take another step tampa's trying to win three straight absolutely i think the carolina hurricanes are starting to get up there where people yeah, are kind of point. tired of seeing how good they are in the regular season and then not making it past you know round two maybe or yeah however i i honestly can't remember off the top of my head how far they've made it the last two years but they've been really good in the regular season there's been a lot of hype about them uh the bunch of jerks from a couple years ago how all that came about in that attitude but then they aren't quite getting it done um i think that the colorado avalanche also their window you know yeah their window they can't get past the second round yeah yeah, so and all eyes are on uh, Nathan McKinnon. Can he get the team there? You know, so that's going to be interesting. They, they're right in that window, and if they don't do it here in the next couple years, then where does that opportunity come? So Vegas is trying to get back to the Stanley Cup final, uh, trying to make it uh, two Stanley Cup final appearances in the first five years of the franchise, and then if they do that, that means uh, getting to the final four in four of the five years. So what an accomplishment that would be. And uh, when we uh, continue, we will explore that uh, opportunity with Nick Haig, who is going to stop by the program. It's the Nighttime at Noon program every Monday at noon on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Stay with us.
For exclusive Vegas Golden Knights gear, visit one of the Vegas Golden Knights official team store locations, the Armory located at T-Mobile Arena, the Arsenal location here at City National Arena, or on our website, VegasTeamStore.com, social media, VGK Gear, at VGK Gear. It's nighttime at noon, simulcast uh, on YouTube, as well as Fox Sports Las Vegas, Darren Millard, along with Ashley Vice here in Studio 31. And uh, that's the great advantage of being here is players can come right up here after practice, like Nick Hag joins us uh, on the uh, day before uh, opening night. What's, what's running through your mind and body right now as you uh, look ahead to tomorrow night? Lots of excitement. Yeah. We're, it's, we're all itching to get going. Uh, excited to get back on the ice and play and start, start it up. So uh, I think I can speak for everyone. We're, we're pretty anxious to get going, and uh, tomorrow can't come soon enough. What was camp like for you going through the preseason for the first time as a veteran NHLer? Yeah, it was different. We, uh, you know, lots of games is definitely a lot different than last year. Right? We Last year we didn't do anything like that, so... Uh, you know, it was it was a little bit long. Uh, we like we just all want to get going and, and playing the games, but it's nice to get out there and play and you know shake off some of the some of the rust that you might pick up over the summer and uh, kind of get back into the swing of things. What do you feel like you got out of the preseason? The games that you did play, the biggest benefits for you? I think it's just you know lots of puck touches and you know trying to play and you know a bunch of different situations. So it's a time to improve, a time to kind of dial in your game for the season, and uh, that was kind of my my mindset going in. It's just making sure I'm doing everything I can to you know, be ready to go when uh, when the regular season starts. Nick Haig is with us in Studio 31 at City National Arena, the Vegas Golden Knights against the Seattle Kraken tomorrow night on Fox Sports Las Vegas, uh, the back half of a doubleheader on opening night with uh, ESPN taking opening night. Uh, so that's kind of cool, too. Uh, you play the Seattle Kraken. Uh, yep. Honestly, what do you know? Uh, how much video have you watched? Because, the, I mean, this is, this is totally different. Yeah, it's definitely different, right? Uh, I don't know much. I, you know, kind of see their scores uh, throughout their preseason and whatnot. But uh, other than that, not a whole lot. I'm sure we'll uh, run over some video uh, in the next 24 hours or so. And uh, you know, I know, I think I know one player on their team. Uh, you were from the same hometown. Who's that? Nate Bastion. Okay. Uh, and that's about uh, that's about all I know about them. Mark Giordano was up. named captain today. Uh, first captain Here for them. Sweet. Uh, how how different is your game? Nick, uh, compared to a couple of years ago when you came up from Chicago? I think it's definitely different. I think, uh, you know, for me, it's, you know, trying to be a better pro every day and, uh, you know, adapt to the schedule and, and all the little things that it takes to, you know, play at this level. And, uh, you know, that's kind of my mindset every time I come to the rink is making sure all the little details are, are dialed in. And, uh, what are those little details? I hear that a lot. But yeah, I it's, you know what, it's hard to, uh, it, Little passes on the breakout, okay. uh, stick position, body position, stuff stuff that you know maybe doesn't get noticed necessarily uh, watching as a fan, but it's it's definitely stuff that we we focus on a lot as players, and uh, you know those little things they they make a huge difference when we're out there on the ice. Throughout camp, with a lot of the younger defensive prospects getting some looks, we heard a lot about how the veteran members of this decor really step up and communicate with young guys. Do you have any good stories about how uh, Petro or Alec Martinez or Shea Theodore kind of helped you in your journey? Yeah, you know, I don't have any specific stories, but uh, I can't say enough about how much, uh, you know, the older guys on this team have helped me and have uh, kind of helped shape me into, you know, more of the player I am today. They're, you know, they're, these are all guys that I watch Growing up, uh, you know, I watched Petro win a gold medal, you know, at the Olympics. These guys that, 
that I always watch and all their you know friends and teammates and uh, you know they're, they're just they're great about uh, you know little pointers here and there it's kind of keeping it fun and relaxed it can uh, you know sometimes it's maybe a little bit overwhelming you want to go out and perform and do all that and uh, they do a great job at you know make sure you know we're still having fun and uh, you know just it's a game right we're, we're all, all here having fun and uh, you know they do a great job keeping the mood light and just uh, you know go out there and have fun and they're uh, they're great for that you talk about playing relaxed what is it like to stay relaxed you look at how deep this decor is you look at all the competition what is it like uh, to play on a team where there is so much competition you have these young guys coming up and showing up in the preseason you of course have those veteran guys that hopefully aren't going anywhere what is that like for you uh, you know what it's it's that's what you want it's uh, adds some good competition you know we're always pushing each other always trying to you know help each other to be better and I think at the end of the day that's that's exactly what you want you know from your teammates and from your team right where you know we all push each other every day uh, and at the end of the day it's just gonna help us you know perform better on the ice who's your favorite defenseman when you were growing up uh, you know what I watched I watched a ton of guys uh, I don't think I really had one one guy in particular I you know, a guy like Petro, Victor Hedman, uh, was a guy I loved to watch all the time. Uh, I just, you know, I, you know, I tend to watch like the bigger guys uh, a little bit. You know, me being so big. Were you always <laughs> tall, or did you go through the growth growth spurt? No, I I didn't really have one big growth spurt. I just kind of just gradually kept growing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, uh, one or two inches every year. It seemed like for a long time, and uh, it wasn't like a lot at, at once. Just kind of over the years, just kind of kept going. Nick Hegg's with us on Nighttime at Noon, Fox Sports Las Vegas from Studio 31, Darren Millard and Ashley Weiss. We've talked about the injuries a little bit, Darren and I have, as the show has gone on. I'm curious from a player's perspective. You want to get your legs under you in the preseason. You want to get up to game speed, but you want to avoid uh, injury. How can you really get up to game speed? How can you really get ready if you weren't willing to jump in front of pucks, if you aren't willing to put yourself in danger? Yeah, you know what? It's... I don't think you don't think about it right when you go out and play i think we're all we all kind of have the mindset when you're out there competing and playing a game it doesn't matter if it's preseason or or regular season or playoffs or whatever you're you're out there competing to win and uh and that competitiveness i think kind of takes over so you're not thinking about you know trying not to get hurt um you just you just hope that you can avoid avoid injuries and try to take all the necessary precautions with the training staff to make sure your body's healthy and, and feeling good and uh it's kind of it's an unfortunate part about uh, about what we do is the injuries are going to happen so you just got to find a way to get through them and, and come out the other side stronger. Pete said today that uh, Zach should be okay White Cloud uh, should be in the lineup uh, tomorrow night so that's uh, obviously news. going with uh, with you and that, that partnership. Yeah he I talked to Whitey this morning as well uh, just asked him how he was doing he said he, he said he feels he feels fine so uh, that's definitely good news and you know it's one of those things right he, blocks a shot and uh which is such a big part of his game and uh you know it's you hope he's okay but there's you, you don't go out there especially him he's not going to go out and try to not do that right because he's trying to you know get ready and uh you know that's a big part of the game so you just hope you can uh not get hurt too badly i guess hey do you have a number in mind uh what you want to put up uh, offensively no no, it, it, I, I say this in all seriousness. It looks like you're more comfortable right now and you're, you're more involved in the play offensively and, and taking those, not risks, but opportunities when they come to you. Yeah, I think you know, that's a big part of what we talk about as a decor mm -hmm. in general. Uh, you know, we always want to be up in the, up in the play and uh, you know, a part of the forecheck and you know, making sure that we're you know, contributing offensively because it's, uh, you know, it's not just 
the forwards that have to play offensively. It's five on five out there, so we try to get involved as much as we can. And uh, so it's definitely something that I think as a group we always try to do. And uh, I think as you're right, as you get a little bit more experience, maybe uh, it might come a little bit easier. But at the same time, you know, we're, we're we got to worry about our own end first. But I find a lot of the time you if you break out quickly and you know take care of your own end, the mm-hmm. other side of it comes a lot easier. So I might just be imagining it, but it looks good. Oh, anyway, yeah, thank you. <laughs> looks good. Uh, thanks for doing this. I know you got to get down, get prepared, and do some other stuff. But uh, appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. And guys. Uh, and good luck tomorrow. Night. Enjoy that. Uh, that's gonna be a cool yeah. thing with Seattle. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, appreciate. It. There's yeah. Nick Hegg, uh who uh, joins us now. You can just throw that on the headset and do, uh, do your thing and uh, go off and uh, do it. Professional hockey players do it the day before a national hockey league season starts. Uh, appreciate the stuff. Yes, yeah, pasta. A nap. Bread. Chicken or pasta. Both. both. Oh. <laughs> that's nice. Great. I like that. Uh, that's fun. It's fun to hang out. Uh, Studio 31, uh, right upstairs at City National Arena, where we get to uh, pick the brains of uh, Nick Haig, who's uh, going to go out there and be in a totally different spot than he was a couple of years ago when this happened. It's exciting. We ran out of time, but I wanted to ask him after you asked him if he has numbers in mind. Like, how do you go about, how do you think they go about setting those goals? How, how do you go about, it's a team sport. They're all such, hockey is a, Unlike any other sport, in the fact that these guys don't think about themselves. They don't just say that. It seems like they really don't. They put the team above everything. But how do you go about setting goals? I I think he's double digits for goals this year. I do. And that's a big jump. Uh, for everybody, anybody scoring double digits on the back end, that's a, that's a really accomplished season. But from what I've witnessed from him and the, the different looks that he's going to get uh, and with his shot and just being able not, – I'm not talking a big hanger on the, the clapper. Hager bomb. But, but the, the, the wrist shot, he just – his instincts uh, appear to be right on board. I'll be surprised if he doesn't hit double digits the way, from what I see now. And you think about him going double digits. Mm-hmm. You can hope Petrangelo's going to hit right. double digits. You can hope Theodore is going to hit double digits. Like you talked about it being a big Martinez deal for Martinez in the power Martinez. play. Yeah, so you talk about uh, one guy on the back end being a big deal for them to hit double digits. What are you looking at four to five, possibly, yeah. for this VGK team? It, it could happen. And if if they get there, Ashley, if, if Martinez is in that range, if uh, Petrangelo is in that range, that tells you that the power play is clicking. Because you, you you feed the point and you get those those chances. If if they reach those, that's probably where a lot of those numbers. Dadanov is is helpful in that regard. Patrick and so forth. But if those numbers from the back end are there, that's a great indication that the power play is better. And that's what you need. Yeah. Right. That's that, that's, <laughs> that, that's sw- what this team needs. It's really. Um, I mean, would you call it the only point of contention from last season? Really, if there was one thing you had to point to and say this team would have been better if, or maybe they could have done it if, the power play would be it, right? Yeah, and and it's it wasn't like it was terrible, but it wasn't. It missed opportunities. I think the timing of the power play can be much better than an overall. Like I would take I would take seventeenth to fifteenth if the timing was better and and gave you those key goals at at, at crucial opportunities. But it's it's been funny. I did some, some digging on the power play, and it was it was good, down, good, down. The first four years just alternated. So this just going on that, 
I'm saying it's going to be a good year. They're due for <laughs> it, a good year. It, it's going to be a good. That's scientific research. Yes, right that's there. hey, uh, it works. Uh, we're looking forward to uh, this season. Henderson Silver Knights going to open up on Friday. Yes, want to let everybody know on the, on that front at Orleans Arena. Uh, Patrick Brown was picked up off uh, waivers today. That's the news. In case you uh, missed that, uh, Carrier and Wah uh, will not play uh, tomorrow night. Uh, Howden, I think, is Howden out. Howden also uh, out. Well, but uh, Zach Whitecloud. Uh, didn't practice today. He uh, is uh, going to be, fingers crossed, uh, available tomorrow night. And Jonathan Marsh so also wasn't out today, but should be able to go tomorrow night. And two absences. Uh, Shea Theodore, I uh, haven't seen him in a while, and Mark Stone didn't play on the weekend. They were both practicing today. Yes, major news to have those two back for sure. Also a huge weight off the shoulders to hear that White Cloud and Marsh so are good as well. Although, we will see Dylan Coughlin at some point. Mm -hmm. So if if White Cloud isn't tomorrow like he's supposed to be great, we will probably see Dylan Coughlin again at some point this season, though, which will be exciting. You ready to start this uh, marathon? I am ready to go. Game one of 82. Derek. Game one of 80. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we have a uh, pregame show on the TV side, but uh, don't forget uh, 4 to 6, the VGK Insider Show today. Uh, a special guest uh, from the VGK side coming up on that one. And then 4 to 6 tomorrow uh, from uh, T-Mobile Arena. Uh, on the flight deck, and then Ryan Wallace has the pregame show six to after seven o'clock. Uh, if you're going to the game tomorrow night, get there early because you know opening night. There's always uh, all kinds of festivities, and uh, we will uh, we will be there and uh, be able to hang out with you guys and and be able to enjoy opening night. It's uh, it's so much fun. We can't wait. Uh, thanks to Nick Hag for stopping by. Uh, thanks to you, uh, Ashley Vice as well. You're gonna do this every Monday. Sounds I hope like. so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know yet. Or, is that noon? an invite? That's an invite. Uh, <laughs> I don't make the schedule, but I think you're great at it. Uh, let's do that. And, uh, of course, uh, Dakota Miller for uh, making sure that we are on the air and getting through things. Uh, enjoy the night before Christmas hockey edition as the VGK get ready to face the Seattle Kraken.